Welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Norris, founder and dog trainer at The Beloved Canine, and this is The Dog On Journey. For today's episode, I'd like to share the audio from an Instagram live that I did yesterday. And in it, I'm talking about the dog I have here for a boarding train. His name is Diesel. And he is an interesting case because he is deaf. I received a lot of questions and a lot of interest on social media about this. And so I thought it'd be a good thing to spend some time talking about. So I just share a couple of my observations, a couple of pros and cons. Um, And, you know, in this format, audio only, you're going to miss a couple of my funny facial expressions, but that really shouldn't impact much. And I think you'll enjoy it. So happy listening. So I want to take uh, this opportunity to talk about what it's been like to train a dog who is deaf. I'm getting a lot of questions about it, which is really awesome. I'm glad that people are interested. And um, I've been wanting to share some of these these things that I'm noticing and learning, but um, it just seems like a lot for a post. So I thought, oh, maybe I'll do a live. Um, so I decided to try to like synthesize it into some pros and cons, and we're going to talk about just two pros and two cons and keep myself on track here. Um, and I think later on I'll start talking more about like lessons learned, but I think those lessons are really still in progress. <laughs> Diesel's a really good teacher, and I'm learning a lot from him. So uh, I don't want to jump the gun and assume that I have the lesson when maybe I'm still learning it. So for now, let's go through some pros and cons. So. We'll do the pros first or the benefits, you could say. So one major benefit of training a deaf dog is um, he can't hear. (laughs) And that sounds like a disadvantage, uh, and it is, but it's also a benefit. It's kind of weird how that can be, those can both be true. Um, But so here's a good example of what I mean. So I took him to a local park the other night as one of our field trips. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's going to be challenging. I don't know how he's going to do. Um, I think he can, like, I know he can do it. Um, and I think he's ready, but I hope I gauge that right, you know. And so we got there and I'm like, wow, he is blowing me away. Like this park is tough. I've taken a lot of dogs to this park um, and it's it's challenging for all of them. So wow, what a rock star. And, all, and that's true. He was being a rock star. He was really good. But um, it, it finally dawned on me that this isn't nearly as challenging for him as it is for most dogs. Most dogs are really challenged by um, all of the sounds at that park. So right when you come in, there's a dog park, and of course the sound of dogs playing and barking, um, humans yelling at them. <laughs> and then right next to it, there's a skate park. So the bang and clang of the skateboards and the like rumble as they go by, that freaks a lot of dogs out. Then um, right behind that, there's a bunch of basketball courts. They're really popular. So it's almost always like the squeak of the shoes and the bounce of the ball, people yelling. Um, it's really, it's a lot right in that area, boom, boom, boom you've got those three things as you come in and so uh he was just kind of like he was distracted by all the visual distractions in that but he's just kind of like wow look at all this and I thought wow look at him go and then it dawns on me the real challenge here is is the sound so in that respect it can be um a real benefit for him you know it's just one more thing or one less thing that he has to worry about in a given situation so 
Um, so it's been really interesting to observe that. And then the second pro or benefit of training a, um, a dog who is deaf is it's forcing me to become more aware of my own body language and not just my body language, but my energy and my intention. I mean, obviously we're swapping out verbal commands for hand signals, but it goes way, way beyond that. Um, so let me go back to my notes here before I ramble. Oh, so we humans, this is why I take notes, uh, we humans, we rely so heavily on our words and dogs learn how to accommodate us. You know, they, um, they're pretty, um, yeah, they're pretty good about it at the end of the day. They learn how, they learn our words, they learn what they mean, and they start um, playing along with us, so to speak. You know, they'll go along with the fact that we are very word dominant. Um, but Diesel doesn't have that option. Diesel is deaf, obviously, and so he can't accommodate my preference to, to yap at him. And so it's forced me to really be more in tune with my other ways of communicating. And I mean, we humans spend a lot of time on autopilot. We don't often think about what is my energy? What is my intention? Um, what is my body language conveying? We don't think much about that. It's um, that that requires awareness and intention in order to tune into those kinds of things. And so that's really the biggest benefit of training with Diesel is that he's taught me how to, um, not how to, but he's reminded me that it's important for me to tune into that because whether a dog can hear you or not, you're communicating with them with all of those things, with your energy, your intention, your body language. And so um, with Diesel, I just don't have an easy out of using my voice and, um, and yeah, it's been really beneficial to uh, to go back to uh, what's those other ways to communicate. All right, so let's keep moving here before I ramble. All right, so those are the two benefits that I've isolated to talk about here. And so let's stay on track. Let's go to two of the cons or challenges of working with a dog who is deaf. The first one, um, right off the bat, I noticed that everything is slower. Everything. And I'd love to say that that's, um, that's on Diesel, but I think that's on me. <laughs> I think for the reason that we just discussed, um, it's not, um, we're not, we don't, we, we humans don't automatically think about our body language. And so it's not any harder for a dog to learn a hand signal than a word. In fact, it's probably easier to learn a hand signal than a word. If you think about what Cesar Milan says, where dogs perceive their, the world through their nose first, then their eyes, then their ears, and humans go the other way around. So it's, it would be easier then for a dog to learn a hand signal than it would to learn a word where he has to use his ears. So, um, so I don't think it's the, it's diesel that's making things slower. I think it's me that's making things slower. Now, that being said, um, you do have to have the dog's attention in order to give a hand signal. And so, uh, that can be challenging. There's a lot that we do to build that engagement and that idea that you've got to be paying attention to the human. Um, some of those things are we spend at least a solid week doing um, food rewards with the dog's kibble. So building lots and lots and lots of engagement through um, me being the source of his daily meal. He doesn't eat out of a bowl for the first week that he's here at least. Um, everything is hand fed and it's hand fed in the context of working. He's got to pay attention and work in order to get the kibble. So uh, you end up with a dog who's like really in tune with what you're doing and where you're going. But uh, a permission-based lifestyle achieves that same thing too. Um, with a permission-based lifestyle, your dog um, 
is starting to learn that you, the human, are the decision maker and the dog should be looking for you to you for direction and for guidance. Um, so the dog learns to, again, be really in tune with where you're going and what you're doing and, and what direction you're giving. So, um, so both of those things are working to bring his attention to me, but there's still moments where I like, I don't have it. And so what ends up happening is I end up second guessing myself. Did he see that? I think he saw that. What if he didn't see that? Maybe I should do it again. And so what I suspect has happened to slow this whole process down is instead of moving toward holding him accountable, I'm actually giving him too much of the benefit of the doubt. I think I'm slowing it up by, by second guessing myself. And, and, you know, did he see me? Did he see the signal? Uh, we're really, and, and patience is a good thing. I'm a big advocate for being very patient with a dog who's new to training, especially a dog like Diesel, who's completely green. He's never had any training, but at the same time, there comes a point where your patience is not doing the dog any favors. <laughs> we're calling it patience, but really what they need is accountability. Um, so that we can continue to move forward. So I think I um, I did not shift fast enough into accountability, and I think that's what's slowing up this process. So that's a good lesson for me to learn, um, but it's tough, you know? All right, let's keep moving before I ramble too much. So, oh, oh yeah. So the second uh, disadvantage or challenge to training a dog who is deaf is I'm really missing that verbal no, um, that ability to say no. Um, it, you know, obviously we have other tools that can say no, but like, here's a good example. So when he starts, when he's across the room on place and he starts to get up and get off of place, typically you would mark that with a verbal no, and then go follow through. <sighs> so there is no verbal no with diesel. I mean, I can say no all I want, but he's not, yeah, nothing's getting through. Um, so I have figured out ways. I mean, I have a hand signal for no, this is no. Um, and he knows what that means. But when he's like getting off of his place, he's probably not looking at me. He's looking at whatever it is that distracted him that made him want to get off of his place command. And so what I've had to do is kind of like jump into his line of vision and tell him no. And at that point, he's like, oh, oh, yeah. And now that we're moving on to remote training, um, that's it's a lot easier to communicate that no and to interrupt those bad behaviors when they start. But it's also not um, it's just not as clean. It's not as clean as having words to rely on. I think that's just one of the inherent challenges of working with a dog who can't hear is like, it's just not going to be as, as, um, I don't know, as clean as, as I would have, as I would expect from any other dog. So, um, and again, talking about that attention and getting his attention, there's a lot that we've taught him to, um, try to build the idea that he should be more concerned with me than he is with everything in his environment. And truthfully, I don't think he's ever paid as much attention to his, to a human as he has to me. His attention has like been an incredible transformation. I wish I could do like a transformation Tuesday just on his attention span. Uh, because as a dog who's missing one of his senses, who can't hear, I mean, he's naturally really concerned about the world around him. He's missing one of those um, senses to help perceive and understand things. And so there is a bit of anxiety that comes with that. There's a bit of um, paranoia almost, especially when we're out and about. Uh, we went to Lowe's this morning. and It was absolutely incredible to see how often, um, I have some clips of it, so I'll definitely put this together and put it online, but how often as he's walking along with me in the heel position, he's looking over, looking over looking over, I was like, yes, because usually when we're out in public, he's like, 
you know, he's really paranoid about what's going on around him. And I get it. I can totally understand that. But, um, but anyway, so that attention building, I think comes with time and with consistency, but, um, but it has, it was a challenge, especially for that first week. So. All right. Well, that's everything that I wanted to talk about. Thanks for letting me look down at my notes here. <laughs> it's good for me to stay on target or I'll just kind of ramble into nowhere and, and say nothing. So anyway, I hope this is valuable. I see there's a couple of people actually watching this, which is exciting. Hi, guys. Uh, I can't look down or it'll distract me. And again, I'll go down like a rabbit hole and never come back. So um I'm just now saying hello, but I appreciate you all joining and I hope it's been helpful or at least interesting to hear my reflections on working with a deaf dog. I'm not an expert on deaf dogs. I just thought I had a lot of questions about it and I thought people might be interested to hear some of the things that, that I'm observing. So, so anyway, I uh, hope you all have a good day and uh, talk soon.